This is Not Quite Dead, a gal pal horror movie discussion podcast. We do deep dives on our favorite scary movies, but sometimes we really just like to keep it shallow. I'm your host, Kate. I'm Megan. Get ready for all the spoilers. which (laughs) you're right Martin Sheesh I wasn't even doing it to be funny I just forgot (laughs) I thought that you were like I don't even care about Michael Sheen enough to get his name right (laughs) I keep thinking of Martin is it Martin Sheen I don't what is his name the guy who plays uh, the Hobbit Uh... he plays he plays Tim in the original office and the Hobbit and he's also in Black Panther and he is in what is like is it um Martin it's Martin isn't it Martin Sheen? Martin I can't remember. No, that's Martin Sheen is our Martin Sheen like the old man. Um <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what's name. Um The Hobbit. I'll just look up yeah, the Hobbit. Yeah, just look at the Hobbit. <laughs> Martin Freeman. Martin Freeman. Oh my gosh, you were so <laughs> like, off all over the place. <laughs> Oh my gosh, your notes are so funny because you like obviously hate this movie so much. And like, I do. I don't like. I don't hate this movie like you do, which is going to be really funny to talk about. Although it is yes. rated really badly. Oh God, thirty three percent. Yes. Jesus. So some of my favorite trivia about the Underworld movie is that Kate Beckinsale was in a relationship with Michael Sheen. When yes. they filmed this movie. And this was the first movie that she worked with the director, Len Weissman, who she later married. Yes. <laughs> yes. And she is like in all of the Underworld movies, right? At least makes a cameo. I think except for number five, maybe, is what I read. There are I can't remember. so many more movies in this series than I thought that there were. I don't understand where they're, what where to go with this series. All right. but. I digress. <laughs> Underworld. It's a fun movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Underworld, 2003, directed by Len Weissman, who directed all six of the Underworld movies. It's basically Romeo and Juliet with lichens and vampires. Yes, very much so. Basically. <laughs> this, this first one is probably the best one. It's been a minute since I've seen any of the other ones. And I do think I've only seen... The first three. I had no idea that there were six movies in this series. Oh, there's six? Oh, my there's gosh. There's six in this series. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yeah. I've only seen this one. I think I started or tried to watch number two and stopped there. Totally fair. <laughs> I yeah. don't think. I think that's done. I think that the third one is a prequel to the first one. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I'm wondering if I would like that one. Maybe. I, I, I like prequels when they're good. <laughs> I mean, it's got Bill Nye in it, who's yes. pretty fun. He's he's a fun actor to watch. Underworld is, yeah, I love him. is one of those f- movies slash series that just are have never done critically well, but they make a bunch of money and have, has a yeah. very loyal fan base. 
It's like Saw. <laughs> no wonder they keep making them. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I, I think it just taps into like that genre, right? Like it's it's like a action horror movie that is kind of self-serious. The actors in it are like just good enough. Like <laughs> like it's Bill Nye, Michael Sheen, Kate Beckinsale. Like, I mean, they're like decent actors. It's not like a total like C or D list, like straight to video type movie series, which like we, I don't even know if I could say that for like the mid run of the Saw movies. <laughs> no, probably not. Yeah. <laughs> some of those, some of those probably should have been straight to DVD, but they weren't. Yeah, there's some good actors in this. I I don't know if it saves the writing, but they're they're fun to watch on screen for sure. Yeah, the writing is not great. The dialogue sucks. I don't think that there's like well-developed characters. Like I and I think that that's maybe the biggest flaw is like the characters just feel super flat. Um although I will give them credit for like having a pretty tight backstory on like this feud between these two clans. Yeah. I I like the backstory. It it makes total sense. Mm-hmm. It's great. Should we really quickly go over the plot so that we can start tearing it apart? Yes, let's do so. So in brief, there are lichens, werewolves, and vampires that have had a blood feud for more than 600 years and set in modern day we're following Celine, who is Kate Beckinsale's character. She's a death dealer, which means that her whole mission in life is to kill every single lichen that she comes across. Uh, and they're kind of in this arms war of technology to try and more effectively kill their respective enemies as they go. Things go awry when Celine runs into Michael, this human who's being pursued by lichens for some reason. She's got no idea why. There's a suspect plot that the current head vampire, Craven, is maybe doing some shady stuff with the head lichen, who ostensibly was killed 600 years before. And they're doing some kind of mysterious blood experiments on the descendants of a, a Corvinus line of this vampire. And so there's kind of a lot of plot going on. Um, the Romeo and Juliet stuff is really between Celine and Michael. Michael gets bit by a lichen and she really goes out of her way to take care of him and protect him. Yes. For some reason. <laughs> uh, and she's kind of a rogue, right? Like she's a rogue type character where she doesn't really care about the the vampires that are currently active right now because she doesn't like them. She doesn't like the way that they're running the clan, but she has her own vendetta against the lichens. And so she's happy to just keep, keep fighting against them and killing them. I do want to talk a little bit about that. Celine and what's his name? Michael, their relationship in this movie. It's again another relationship hinging on I think you're cute. There's really no reason given for her to be into him. Yeah. I mean they 
have a separate character at one point looking over Celine's shoulder as she's looking at a picture of Michael and goes, oh, he's attractive. And I'm like, you're just doing this to solidify why Celine is interested in even helping this guy. And that is such a flimsy excuse. It is. She she has legit concerns. I, I mean, we can talk about if her actions equaled the weight of her concerns, but she has concerns for looking into him. Like that part makes sense. Why she gets involved with him at all makes sense. Mm -hmm. But why she falls for him, it's like, well, you saved my life and you're cute. I, that seems so toxic. And it comes up a lot. It, it has come up a few times in in this season with vampires. Yeah, there's this idea of instant attraction in, in a lot of these movies. Mm -hmm. This, like, idea of, oh, you're beautiful or there's something different about you and that's enough. Like, it doesn't need to be a personality match. It doesn't need to be anything beyond, like, yeah. superficial or gut instinct to make people fall in love. And it's very romantic, very impractical. <laughs> <laughs> She's like with Michael. I forget where they are, but they're looking at, uh, he's looking at a photo of some woman and she goes, oh, who's in the picture? Your wife? <laughs> it's, it's very oldest line in the book move from Celine. <laughs> it's very funny um, because Mike and I started like ripping on that scene and then we later learned that th that that picture of that woman is the director's wife. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, <laughs> that's actually kind of cool. I love that. I love little notes like that. Yeah, we thought it was funny because this woman in this picture is like wearing cross necklace, and we were just like, "Oh, Celine's gonna be like, you know, I can never be like her. I can't wear a cross <laughs> necklace." <laughs> uh, and she gives a really good like little lip quiver at some point in the movie when looking at him and I'm like girl you don't know him yeah <laughs> why are you this upset I know and it's just Scott Speedman like it's not <laughs> <laughs> yeah this isn't Thor we're talking about here <laughs> oh man I enjoyed watching this movie because we've watched so many vampire movies at this point and um, the just the addition of werewolves made this like different enough to be really fun to watch. Yes. And actually, I love the werewolves. I love how they look when they are full werewolves. Mm -hmm. I love how they look when they're changing. Um, yes. There is this transitional point when they're changing where they use CGI to show the change, which makes sense. And the CGI is not good. But once the CGI is over, you get this really cool, like, total body prosthetic of a lichen. Mm -hmm. And it's big and it's hulking and it's dark and it's scary. Mm -hmm. Very muscular. Yes. Like, it's really well done. That's probably one of my favorite parts of this movie is just the lichens. I think the lichens are really cool. I like that they're more aggressive. I like the update that the older, more experienced lichens can change at will. They're not dependent on the moon 
um, to change. And so they have this, right. They have this self-awareness. <laughs> There's one, one point where these two lichens are fighting each other, kind of like an underground, like dog fight. And yeah, uh, <laughs> Lucian comes upon them and is like, what are you two doing? And they like chase and immediately turn back to humans. And I was like, oh, that's cool. <laughs> like they, yeah. they like have, a sense of self-awareness that you don't always see from werewolf creatures in other movies. Agreed. I thought Kevin Grievo was amazing as a lichen. Is that his real voice? It is. I He's looked like, it up. Oh yeah. My gosh. It's so <laughs> deep. It's so deep. Yeah. Perfectly cast. I was like, why is Michael Sheen playing a werewolf? <laughs> He's such a little twerp compared to this guy. I thought that that was a funny casting choice too. Although I was like, I could buy that this guy was from the like 1300s, <laughs> you know, like True. I'm like, okay, yeah. Like this guy would, w- this is probably the average height of what like a man in the 1300s <laughs> was anyway. So sure. I can buy this. Yeah. The metamorphosis um, scenes to me when they were kind of CGIing them from the outside, um, felt really anamorphs to me. You're right. Yeah. Cause they do the, <laughs> just like the covers, they do the intermediary steps of like, Oh, this is part human part werewolf. And I mm-hmm. thought it was funny. I, the CGI is not great, but the final product is really good. And, um, spoiler when Michael is fully, half lichen, half vampire at the end of the movie, I actually thought that that was a pretty cool blend of the two. I loved it. Yeah. He's got the sharp teeth like a vampire. He's got like dark skin. I I imagine it's from the werewolf, Mm -hmm. but it also looks like something that could protect him from the sun. Yes. Like it almost looks like extra dark for sunblock reasons or something. I don't know. But I I love that you get to see the mashup at the end. That is pretty cool. I thought that that was a really cool, cool point. I think that having vampires and werewolves be kind of natural enemies, like it takes them a while before we get into the full backstory of why they have this blood feud um, and why it's been going on for so long. But I think it makes sense. And I think that I think prior to Underworld, I don't have like an explicit example of another movie that has like vampires versus werewolves. No. I think what I've seen is them on the same side or they're just not in movies together. Yeah. Yeah. I can't think of an example. If one comes up, I'll just shout it out. (laughs) Great. Great. (laughs) I think that you've got these lichens that are animals, right? They're animalistic. They're brutal. I was complaining that I wish that they were in their lichen form more frequently in the movie. Mm-hmm. I felt like they spent too much of the movie not in werewolf form. Yeah. We just want to see werewolves, guys. <laughs> we don't want to see all these bozos. I mean, maybe, like, because they meted it out, like, it made us more interested in it, where we're like, ooh, now they're in werewolf form again. And, like, was a nice little tease. But they were just so cool in comparison to the vampire characters who are very just, like um goth <laughs> like i was like oh yeah. this is like a goth <laughs> costuming wet dream <laughs> of a movie which we definitely have to 
do a little deep dive into the style of this movie is pretty great. I have to say, high school Meg was thrilled. (laughs) There's so much leather, so much leather in this movie. Actually, this movie came out my first year of college, so I had just left high school, but this was still like, this was a style that I loved. Like, I didn't wear it every day. I wasn't, I wouldn't say I was like a goth kid. I I was maybe goth curious. (laughs) I'd have days where I went to school in like all decked out in Hot Topic. Right. Like the vinyl like skirts. I had fishnets. I had like chunky black shoes and whatever uh, top black makeup. And then the next day I'd go in like jeans and a Mm T-shirt. It kind of just depended on my mood. Yeah. But this movie is just that in a nutshell. It is hot topic of the early 2000s, late 90s. It truly is. Like they have the ball scene where I was like oh my gosh like what a fantasy like this is because there's all of these very like goth decadent dresses and everything's very like velvet and pleather and latex and (laughs) and and chunky and black gloves and fishnets it's so fun I really like the styling of this movie me too everyone looks like they've been rained on or they're just very <laughs> greasy. <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh. I had that note too. I was like, where is this movie set? Because it's always wet nighttime. <laughs> where is this movie set? Is this supposed to be like American Werewolf in London? Like what's going on here? I tried to look it up and this movie like plot has no set place oh. that it's set in like saw oh, it's like uh, saw yeah <laughs> <laughs> um, but it was filmed in budapest okay so i guess we'll just say it takes place there <laughs> no sure i mean there's like a such a mix of accents in this movie there's british there's yeah. um craven uh, um and his very bad american accent why did they not just let him have his normal accent american you know it's it's a little bit of a mix of everything um, but yeah, everyone looks wet all the time. <laughs> yeah. I used to do my hair like that. I mean, not, not wet looking, but like it was really like popular. No, not gel. Um, but there was like pomade you would buy to put in your hair and kind of twist it into like chunks. And I didn't think of it as a goth thing for sure. I, I was actually trying to model Meg Ryan's hair at the time and Faith Hill, like they had these really cute short pixie cuts, not pixie cuts, mm-hmm. but like shoulder length cuts. And their hair always looked piecey, like what I would okay. call piecey. Yeah. And so I put that shit in my hair all the time. And I think this is actually a better use for it because <laughs> it looks great here. It's very tonal, right? Like everything is very grim. The city that it takes place in looks very dilapidated. Um, there is a scene where Michael is uh, chained up in what I was like, oh, it's this is saw. This is a saw yes. bathroom that he's chained up in. <laughs> <laughs> They're coming for him. Yeah. It yes. feels very the crow. Like it, like you can kind of see the evolution of this style, I think. And like mm-hmm. the crow. Uh, Resident Evil kind of comes from this vibe. The Matrix, for sure. This was all about Very this, like, Matrix. popularized those 
those uh, pleather coats, whatever they are, yeah. those yeah trench coats, uh, wanted with the action, like some of these action yeah. scenes where it like freezes on somebody doing something really cool and like so you can see it at normal speed, right? And Twilight, it's very Twilight, like the especially super the, blue, right? The blue especially and also just the way these characters interact with each other there's so much intrigue and and Mm -hmm. political shifting happening it just feels very like teeny bop movie interactions happening it feels exactly like a 2003 movie yes like I think that if you like watching it you're like this is exactly the kind of movie I would expect to come out of 2003 yeah from the from the set design, from the costumes to the blue tint over the whole movie, it just like straight rips off the Matrix in a lot of ways. There's one transition shot where they're looking at numbers on a computer and it transitions to numbers on a on a door plate. That's literally a scene from the Matrix. Like that <laughs> that transition happens in the Matrix. Did it really? I, it's so it did, yeah. I <laughs> even the like the lack of realism in some ways too. They have an infinite number of bullets at all times. That's true. And <laughs> man, is she bad at holding a gun? Okay, I'm not a gun person. I don't have a gun, but you can see her arms shaking as she's shooting. She's she's got like a gun in each arm at one point, right? In one mm-hmm. in each hand. And she's shooting and she's kind of like aiming like a badass, right? It's all it's very badass looking. But her arms are like she, her hands wiggle right? Like she's not steady. She doesn't seem confident. I'm just like, this just looks like she'd be missing every target. (laughs) And a lot of them do miss a lot of targets for how much shooting they're doing in this movie. I'm like, wow, it's really hard for you guys to hit any single one of you. Um, No wonder like they had to have such like advanced technology they're like these normal bullets don't do anything we're gonna have to invent new better bullets so when we do hit them it actually kills them (laughs) there is more bullet use in this movie than blood sucking like i i forget that they're vampires all the time when i'm watching this in reading about movie trivia for this it does say that celine biting michael at the end of this movie is like the only time you see a vampire doing a live feed in the entire series yeah like what they're vampires you're right in the series in the series yes celine biting michael is like when you see yes and i was like oh geez why are you underplaying the vampireness of these vampires they really were they really were i i forgot all the time except when she flashes her teeth every now and then Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, when we see yeah, Bill Nye yes. come out of his fucking coffin, <laughs> that's pretty obvious. They were really focused on the style of the vampires in this movie, maybe more so than vampire traits. The authenticity of their vampires. Yeah, yeah. They weren't really going for like true mythological vampires. I mean, I think that they established the... <laughs> contrast between them and the lichens and how by trying to combine the bloodlines into this like ancestor um into michael um would end up yielding this like super strong like no weakness type creature but 
it doesn't really like have great payoff because you're like well what do the vampires do they just like live forever <laughs> like you don't see them yeah you don't see them do a lot like they don't seem strong like the lichens do yeah yeah they seem like little twerps mm-hmm. what do you think about the music in this movie <laughs> that's a great question well there was a perfect circle judith remix part uh, in the soundtrack so i did like that i love the soundtrack okay yeah the soundtrack is cool the score however i fucking hate the score sucked it is it is just bleh. it's so boring it's so repetitive and it feels like it's pandering to me. That's how I feel when I'm listening to the score. <laughs> I agree. I didn't think that there was anything remarkable about the score. The soundtrack has a lot of Maynard James Keenan. It's got A Perfect Circle and Pussifer, Amy mm-hmm. Lee. <laughs> it's got a remix of a David Bowie song. Like The soundtrack's pretty fun and was pretty yeah. well-received. Um, but I th- yeah, go get the soundtrack. I felt like they used <laughs> the soundtrack so sparingly. Yes, I was disappointed. I was like, "Wow, you guys went out and got the rights to all of these songs." Right. Like the guy who did the composition of the soundtrack did a lot of remix, like remixing on it, but it just like didn't. Yeah, I don't know. It just like didn't do what I wanted it to do. I. Wonder if there are different rights for a soundtrack versus actually using it in a movie. Mm-hmm. That's the only explanation I can think of for why they would have wasted all of that great music. Yeah, I <laughs> and agree. not put it in the movie. Yeah, there must be. There is this library montage, and it just has the most boring, spooky music I've ever heard in my life. I was like, "Is this a joke? Because it's a library? <laughs> like, what's going on here?" Yeah, not great. I agree. I do want to point out that I did dig into these capsules. We were talking about all the shooting going on, all the uh, bullet lust in this movie. <laughs> I I liked how they found a modern way to kill the lichen. Lichen in this movie have found a way to push bullets, silver bullets, out of their body. Mm-hmm. Right? That's That's a trait that they have. So what the vampires have come up with is a bullet that you fill with silver like liquid silver and it'll basically you know explode upon impact inside of their body so they can't pull them out Mm -hmm. the same way it's pretty cool i had to look and see if this was something that we could really do can we (laughs) like could you kind of yeah you can kind of fill a bullet with with liquid you can definitely fill a bullet with water okay um you could fill a bullet with with a liquid and shoot it at something and it will make a mess <laughs> when it hits what's not realistic is keeping a liquid cool enough to stay liquid okay uh like when it's not water so like if it's not going to be liquid at room temperature you have to keep it cool all the time sure yeah. And then you have to also keep it so cool that it can survive the combustion of the firing. Right. Which is pretty tough. And so I think the bullets in this movie probably wouldn't work. 
the way that they want them to. But mm-hmm. I thought it was cool that it's like based off of something that could actually you can fire a bullet with liquid in it at somebody. And they found a fun way to use that technology in this movie, which I appreciated. I don't care that they're not kept cold or whatever. Like, I just I like that they use something that we could really do today. Yeah, I I actually really liked the technological warfare. I think that, of course, it makes sense that each side is going to try and learn about the other and they're not just going to stick with steaks and silver <laughs> knives, right? Like over 600 yeah. plus years. And at the- Evolution, be- baby. Yeah, at the beginning of the movie when they're doing the train shootout and the lichens shoot the vampires, um, they realize that they're using these like UV bullets. And so then the the vampires like immediately start working on how do we get silver nitrate into our bullets? Like this is, they're like, this is a great technology. Let's rip it off, which is how people develop technology today. (laughs) Yeah. They reverse engineer it. (laughs) And so I thought that that was a neat element of this. Shout out Theranos. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. I loved it. (laughs) Talking about bad blood. (laughs) I'm kidding. (laughs) So in terms of vampire traits in this movie, I mean, kind of basic. Yeah. They don't go into the vampires that well. Yeah, they they really don't. They spend so little time doing vampire things. One of the things I wrote is that they can extend their fangs. Yes. Like their fangs get longer, which I thought, like your fangs are always showing, which I appreciate because I always think that's very weird. Like. In a lot of these vampire movies, your teeth just look normal until you decide to bite somebody. Like, I like how this actually has, you always have fangs and they're just retractable. There is uh, an interesting thing I noticed on this watch of this movie too, is that they have kind of like a double fang. So they have like a slight canine and then they have like a longer Mm. canine and then the longer canine gets longer. So very like carnivorous. Like they have like multiple like sets of sharp teeth. Yeah. I loved the way that they hibernate. Mm, Yeah. I thought that was a cool, cool little detail. They're kept in stasis and to wake them up, you, you bleed into their mouth via some tubes or whatever. I don't know what, I forget what it was, but yeah, it like drips in and then you slowly wake up. I, I thought that was super cool looking and Bill Nye as a, shriveled up old vampire was was pretty good i really liked that i liked that they have this like rehydration process <laughs> that they have to go through in order to be like fully functional and strong vampires again we don't see that in other ones i liked the addition that vampires can get pregnant oh yeah that's true yes yes this is the one where i realized at the end i was like oh the the twist of the movie is that 600 years prior, there was a a proto-Romeo and Juliet between Lucian and uh, Victor, Victor's daughter, Sonia, uh, the vampire. So they fell in love and made a little half-breed fetus <laughs> <laughs> and that Victor thought was an abomination. So he killed his own daughter in front of Lucian, which is like pretty fucked up. But my takeaway was, oh, in this universe, vampires can and do get pregnant. 
Yeah, we haven't really seen that. We've seen what happens to people who are pregnant already and get bitten or yeah, yeah. we know from Blade that it that <laughs> you can be born of a vampire and that's what they consider to be a a pure blood vampire, but we only ever see them as adults. We you never yeah. actually see a pregnant vampire. Right. And so this is I think the first one where we see a pregnant vampire. And it's it's so interesting because so the baby that's born, I mean, I that would that would assume I guess we would assume that that baby is not gonna be born a zygote. It's not gonna be born a sperm. Like it does grow. It does get older. And at what point does that baby stop getting older? How does that work in vampire lore? Like that part isn't really explored in this movie, but it gives you something to think about. I think Twilight goes into this, doesn't it? It does. Twilight <laughs> yeah. does go into this. <laughs> so in Twilight, she rapid ages. I don't think that we don't actually see this, but they explain it that vampire babies basically rapid age for the first like eight years of their life and then at like age like eight or ten or something like that they're basically adults and like they look like adults they're mature like adults and then they stay at that forever from that point on oh that sounds great i would definitely think about having a kid if i was a vampire uh, yeah, because I mean, she has the baby, and within like a month of having the baby, the baby's like a three year old. I love it. <laughs> Get through that potty training phase real quick. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think that that was like kind of the most interesting trait in this one. Otherwise, we get some pretty basic stuff. They need blood to live, they're susceptible to UV, not just sunlight, but UV specifically. So there's also this goofy rule with this specific vampire troupe where digging into the past is forbidden like do you remember when he says this yeah I assumed it was because he was trying to hide his own misdeeds in the past like I feel like that was like a personal rule more so than like a definitely no vampire is allowed to do definitely definitely I I think What's interesting about it, though, is how this vampire hierarchy is set up like um, it's almost like a I don't know. Is it like a monarchy? They take shifts, right? Like they take shifts ruling the other vampires. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think it sets up vampires to look like a cult, like vampires are basically like a form of cult. You're, you're joining a totally. cult if you become a vampire. <laughs> it's extremely hierarchical. They are very insular. They don't want anyone to challenge any of their rules. No outsiders. Yeah, there's a lot of them, but it's very rigid. It's a very rigid society that they've set up for themselves. It is rigid. And actually, they do kind of lean into this in Blade a little bit. But here, it's, it's even more so, I feel like. She gets punished, right, for waking him up, even though she was right. But yeah, it's very culty. Uh, I felt I felt like this movie played up the cultiness of it quite a bit. There's there's no room to challenge authority in this one, whereas I feel like the Lycans seem a little bit more flat. Like there's Lucian, who's the leader, but he's he's working with all the other Lycans. <laughs> you know, like it's yeah. just, 
it's not the same. I mean, maybe because they've been hunted down so much and there's not, there's just strictly not as many of them, but it's a very different society than the vampire society. Yeah. It's really funny when Bill Nye uh, gets woken up. Like, he is like, why am I awake right now? It's, where is, um, is it Martin? What's the name of the guy who's supposed to be in charge, who they're supposed to wake up? Craven. Craven is? Oh, no, no the other one. No, Craven is. Craven's the kid. Yeah. I think of him as the kid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The other, the other vampire that they're going to wake up. I think it was like Martin or something, something like, like that. that. Yeah, he wakes up and he's like, where's Martin? I need to talk to him. And he's like, oh, um, you were awoken 100 years early. <laughs> Martin is about to be woken <laughs> up. I just thought that was so funny because his face is like a meme. I do, do they even like shake the camera a little bit? I feel like they do. I, I There's some I funny <laughs> like directing at the end of this yes. movie. Um, oh, gosh. And like a quick sidebar here. When they're going back and telling the story of like Lucian and Sonia is 600 years prior and it's like the fast camera and like shaky. Yes. I was like, Very saw. why are we getting so many saw? Yes, saw. I was like, this is saw. This is soft style flashbacks and I hate it in this movie. I know. <laughs> this is saw's influence on horror. I know. I was like, this movie is trying to be so slick in so many other ways. And then they have like so many flashbacks. Yes, there are a lot of flashbacks. <laughs> yeah. I know, right? Victor the vampire is very racist. He's like, stay in your lane. We don't mix. Very much so. <laughs> How could you kill your own daughter that way? Yeah, I did think it was funny when he tells Celine, <laughs> I love you like a daughter. And then like in the next scene, they show him killing his daughter. <laughs> Yes. You're like, oh, I guess that doesn't carry much weight. <laughs> well, <laughs> that doesn't make me feel better. <laughs> oh, man. I struggled to list any true horror elements in this one. Yeah, I had a harder time with it, too. I kind of mentioned one already, which was Bill Nye covered in basically blood spider webs. Yep. I thought that was a pretty frightening image. Nothing happened that was scary, but it's super cool looking. He's he's like this dehydrated vampire because he's been in stasis for however long. Mm -hmm. And they have him connected to a bunch of um like UVs. Yeah. Uh, not UVs. A bunch of uh IVs. IVs. <laughs> yeah. And and he gets up and there's all over his body and he's like this walking spider web of blood. And I thought that was pretty cool looking in a scary way i did too so i wrote that one down i liked yeah. that i i liked i liked victor um in the coffin and then becoming rehydrated i thought that when michael was undergoing his transformation into a lichen where his bones are breaking and he's watching from the yes. outside he's watching his own his own bones Ugh. break and stretch that's like some good body horror yes it looks painful. Mm -hmm. And I i mean, this process has to be painful. It, they it scre they're be. screaming as it's happening. Yeah. It's pretty horrible. Yeah, it is. Yeah. I also thought that it was a pretty metal scene, maybe not a horror scene, but pretty metal when Lucian was changing and pushing the silver bullets out and he's like covered in blood. And then they've got that like a perfect circle, like remix, like playing over yes. it. Yeah. I was like, 
this one's for all the goth kids. I like this one. <laughs> I know. And his eyes are like milky white yeah, and stuff. Like cool. he looks creepy. He looks gross. Yeah. yeah. It's a good scene. I also wrote down, I wrote down the burning alive stuff, you know, that flashback yeah. of uh, his daughter. But by the time this happens in the movie, I like didn't care anymore. I was like, this is really fast. And I've gotten to know other characters and I don't care about this character really. Like, yeah. Although it's a horrible scene to watch again. Like it is sad torture. It's torture. So I think torture is automatically horror. I agree. That kind of felt like it though. Uh, I will admit that I bought the standard version. I did not buy the unrated version. And so I was Kate bought a movie. I was very curious if the unrated version has more horror or gore in it because it is 12 minutes longer. Maybe it has a sex scene that we don't want to see. Yeah. Maybe I'll just look up what the difference is (laughs) and we'll let you guys know. (laughs) If it's worth it. I don't I don't actually know what I rented. I I don't know. I rented it and I couldn't tell you which version I rented. I guess I could look really quick before it expires (laughs) expires <laughs> the standard uh one is uh, it's like 120 minutes and then the unrated one is like 130 something minutes oh my gosh no wonder this movie felt so long because it is long it's a long movie it is long yeah kate do you recommend this movie H- had you seen it you had seen it oh, before i'd seen it, I'd seen it before. yeah i thought that i had seen it in theaters but then when i realized it came out in 2003 i i don't think that i had seen it that young I think I, don't I saw think it I did either yeah I I've definitely seen it a couple times um and then I I liked it um I don't think I thought too critically about it because I was like probably like 14 <laughs> when I saw it and then I watched the sequels some of the sequels not all of them I think it's fine I don't think it's like a stellar movie it's it's an entertaining popcorn movie for like what it is it's definitely more on the action side it feels very action heavy as you're watching it with some supernatural horror elements to it um but i mean i like the lichens i think that the lichen characters are really fun my favorite piece of trivia about this movie is that oh yes is that celine's name means the moon and lucian's name means the light and so there's this fun representation in each of their names of their enemy's weakness. So, you know, Celine is the Lycan's weakness and Lucian is the vampire's weakness. And I just think that that's like a really fun, like little detail. There's like some fun details in this movie, but I mean, it's fine. I would recommend it, but like, don't like go out of your way, I guess. What about you? Yeah, I... <laughs> So this is not my cup of tea. I, I'm not into action so much unless it's a little more thoughtful. Like I love Dune. I love Mad Max. I love Predator. Um, This is not my type of action, which is a bummer because when it came out, I was so into the look of it. I was mm-hmm. like, oh, I'll love this movie. Look at it. It's great looking. And I and I just didn't. But. That does not stop me from recommending it to you guys. If you guys are into action, you guys are into Kate Beckinsale. If you guys are into lichens, like any of these things, I think it's totally worth a watch. It's fun. Mm-hmm. It's it's not a it's not a terrible movie. It's just not my thing. And there's some cool stuff in it. 
it's it's fun and and a little spooky and really cool stylistically. So I recommend it for those reasons, unless you're not unless you're like me and you're just not into these types of things. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's it's a fun watch. I don't know if I recommend the entire franchise because I haven't <laughs> seen it. I don't know where it could possibly go after this, but you know, you'll figure that out after you give this one a watch. There's so many people who truly, truly love this movie um, that I think that you should not let the Rotten Tomatoes score or our own personal feelings like dissuade you from it. It is totally it is one of those like cult classics and it's coming up on its 20th anniversary next year. Wow. So yeah, I know. Um, maybe Kate Beckinsale is going to reprise it again at some point in the future. She's pretty banging looking for almost 50. So oh my gosh. We'll I know. She's so hot. <laughs> yes. She's uh, so hot and she's so sparkly in this movie. <laughs> yeah. Just watch it for Kate Beckinsale. I mean, how often do you get like a female led action movie? Very true. Well, we hope you enjoyed your trip to the underworld with us this week. Next week is our final episode where we experience 30 Days of Night, a true vampire horror film. Yes. And we hope you guys enjoy it as much as we did. This was Not Quite Dead. Check out our other episodes wherever you listen to podcasts. Follow us on Instagram at Not Quite Dead Podcast and on Twitter at NQD underscore podcast. Follow our blog for bonus content at notquitedeadpodcast.com. Thanks for listening and happy watching. Mm-hmm.